Truth is, I don't think people understood what it was I was doing at Schaefer. I wasn't there to conduct. Any fucking moron can wave his arms and keep people in tempo. I was there to push people beyond what's expected of them. I believe that is an absolute necessity. Otherwise, we're depriving the world of the next Louis Armstrong, the next Charlie Parker. I told you that story about how Charlie Parker became Charlie Parker, right? Joe Jones threw a symbol at his head. Exactly. Parker's a young kid, pretty good on the sax, gets up to play at a cutting session, and he fucks it up. And Jones nearly decapitates him for it. And he's laughed off stage. Cries himself to sleep that night. But the next morning, what does he do? He practices. And he practices and he practices with one goal in mind. Never to be laughed at again. And a year later, he goes back to the Reno. And he steps up on that stage and he plays the best motherfucking solo the world has ever heard. So imagine if Jones had just said, well, that's okay, Charlie. I, that was all right. Good job. And Charlie thinks to himself, well, shit, I did do a pretty good job. End of story. No bird. That, to me, is an absolute tragedy. But that's just what the world wants now. I wonder why jazz is dying. And every Starbucks jazz album just proves my point, really. There are no two words in the English language more harmful than good job. But is there a line? You know, maybe you go too far and you discourage the next Charlie Parker from ever becoming Charlie Parker. Because the next Charlie Parker would never be discouraged. when I was a kid I know we're like totally rolling off it's okay. not even October <laughs> and he would just lay his head on the piano and try to find the notes for um the Michael oh yeah uh, Halloween and he would just be like nope nope that's not it and try another note and be like I think that's it and then he would just like so do you opt out or do you watch the movies it just depends. Not Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I will not go. If it's like an 80s scary movie, because the effects weren't that great, I'll watch it. You know, back in your day, Dale. So as soon as... <laughs> hey So as soon as Colt turns in, as soon as Colt turns 10, we're, we're pulling out the old school it. Yeah, but you're going to be hiding your face. 
I know. Nobody's, He'll probably have to comfort me. <laughs> be like, it's okay, Dad. It's just a show. <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> it's not real, Georgie. <laughs> they all float down here, Georgie. That was a good, that was a pretty good uh, hit voice. Freaky. I've never seen the movie yet. I haven't either. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus. Even the new one? The new no. one's just relevant. It just no. came out this like in the last a, couple I months. Have a, no I have a better scared of clown story that I'll tell you at a later date. But no, I refuse to do anything that pertains with clowns. Who has seen The Godfather? I have. When? <laughs> I've seen it, and that's all that matters. When was the last time you watched it? Oh, I'm a better fan. <laughs> I've seen it like probably thirteen thousand more times than you. Well, have. I just saw it the just because you day. watched it two weeks ago. Tell the listeners what you did after you watched The Godfather. Well, after I watched The Godfather, I turned it off, and then I was ready to turn it back on because it was a really good movie. No, what did you? Oh, you did something else. <laughs> yes, <laughs> something inspired you to do something. Yes, else. I made a crap ton of fettuccine and I ate every bit of it. <laughs> I did. That's what that <laughs> they said Prego like a thousand times in there, and I'm like, you know what? I think I got some Prego. <laughs> and it's Alfredo sauce, and it's in the pantry. Whole wheat pasta, though. <laughs> Gotta eat healthy. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so, But that's good, because that's who I am, and this episode is about staying true to yourself. And I... Segway. Pretty much, anytime I get into a show or a movie, I... This isn't really staying true to yourself, but I transform <laughs> into <laughs> into whatever I'm watching, like Sons of Anarchy. I was a motorcycle badass, even though I didn't. You were a motorcycle, motorcycle badass, or were you an old lady? I was an old lady, but <laughs> she's still a badass. She, Gemma, was a badass. And then Carrie Bradshaw, Carrie Bradshaw, Sex in the City. Whoop! 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 They'll love Revoked. Him, so. <laughs> Just look at his age. Revoked. Yeah. yeah. So, even though technically transforming yourself into Don't whatever show stop, you're watching. Stop. Even you need, Stop. <laughs> no. They you need to not. apologize for I, mentioning I will not apologize the words sex and city on this podcast. I, it is who I am. And even though, like I was about to say, even though transforming into someone else is not being true to yourself, the fact that I like to do that is being true to myself. Who's and Carrie I, Bradshaw? Oh, don't get me started. Yeah, I'm gonna, that's exactly what Carly said, and she's five seasons deep. So you don't want to go down that rabbit hole, or you'll be in her position. I will nuke that rabbit hole. By the way, thanks for paying for HBO, because Carly <laughs> loves Sex in the City. <laughs> really appreciate it. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> this is why we don't record on Fridays. Yes, that's true. Or maybe we should record more on Fridays. Actually, two of three of us are sober. That's true. I'm not... I am sober, too. Two of three of us didn't drink at lunch. <laughs> two of three of us didn't even... Oh, by the way, guys, let, let's talk about staying true to yourself. <laughs> let's talk about teamwork. Oh, okay? Yeah. Oh, dang. So... We really screwed up today, fam. <laughs> there's... You know, we're all on a team. We're all... We're all in the grind. Pulling, you know, pulling the levers and the gears every day of American commerce. We all have each other's backs. You know, it's even Valentine's Day. Speaking of freaking stuff, like here we go. I went and got pink chocolate bars for the ladies on staff here because I thought maybe once I'll be nice. All right, <laughs> maybe. 
It was a shock. It was a shock. People thought there was poison chocolate and there was like mouse trap. I thought it was going to buzz me. I thought it was going to like shock me when I grabbed it and you'd be like, ah, I gotcha. And not, I didn't give the gifts expecting anything in return because that's the key to happiness. Okay. Although you're telling this story. Oh, I know, I know. I'm prefacing that statement. So come back from a hard workout here at the noon class. And I get to hear how great Patties and Pints burgers were. It was awesome. The food we was great. We came back great. fat and happy. And, uh, oh, hey, by the way, Dale, uh, uh, you didn't get anything. We didn't ask you. <laughs> Piss off, old man. Who are you? So, uh, so, thanks for that. So, if you hear a little, like, hangry tone in his voice, it's not geared towards you. It's strictly towards Carly. <laughs> <laughs> Take full responsibility. Yes. So, today's topic is staying true to your brand. So, there's a couple things. Um, we're going to talk about three different examples from three of the different companies. Good examples, bad examples. But what you have to understand, of course, is what your brand is. You know, um, that that term kind of gets kicked around a lot. Um but it basically means who you are and what you want to represent as a company, okay? And following your own path and finding the direction you want to go. Um, because there's going to be a lot of different opportunities and avenues to go down that may or may not represent your, your brand. Mm-hmm. And some of those opportunities may be very lucrative. And that's how you get the term selling out, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, if you kind of start off super hardcore and then you're selling out to quote unquote the man, it might be more financially beneficial for you, but it may or may not uh, represent your true brand. So I would like to kick it off to you, Sadie, and talk about our true brand with Third and Court and some things we've done or haven't done because yeah. we're trying to stay true to the brand. So, with Third and Court, we are, I mean, obviously, we've talked about this before, a local apparel company, and my first thought as being um, not originally from here was, you know what, we can appeal to all small towns, and we should, and we'll be kick-ass at it, because I know a lot of people in Zanesville, and blah, blah, blah. And we were like, okay, let's pump the brakes. We are a Portsmouth-based company that we want to appeal to the people of Portsmouth. And you might know a lot about you, as in me, know a lot about Zanesville, but that's not really the route that we want to take right now. Um, We had another venture, potential venture, with a place up in Columbus. And we went up and met with them. And pretty much on the ride home, we were kind of like, that's not what we should be doing. We need to be doing this, something similar in Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. So I think our brand is um, building up Portsmouth and the people of Portsmouth and reminding them of the good times here. And what we are not is a larger scale apparel company trying to appeal to every small mm-hmm. town. I mean, we do things that appeal, like for example, the Yacht Club t-shirt. If you live on a river or a small lake, you've probably got a yacht club shirt or a a yacht club of your own. Mm -hmm. So that does appeal, but we're not trying to appeal to them. 
you know, or the river rat or the, um, the, the brew t-shirt that was really popular too. Mm -hmm. But that's not what we had in mind. We had, what we had in mind when we were going through the designs was strictly the people of Portsmouth and something relatable here. Right. And, and that's where, obviously, as an apparel brand, you want to sell T-shirts to, typically, you want to sell T-shirts to the largest customer. Right. Right? So, um, like my buddy, uh, Wes from Rogue American, he's in Austin, Texas, but he sells shirts that appeals to a lifestyle brand across America. Right. And obviously, he's very successful at it. Um, We're selling more nostalgia. We're selling, we're subject matter experts in Portsmouth. Go ahead and say it. We're selling. What are we selling, Dale? I know this is what you wanted me to say. Stand by for trademark. (laughs) We are selling the product of Portsmouth. That's right. Actually, I mean, I had a chance to tell you this, but we were on a help call with Shopify, and the dude was like, we were trying to explain to him what the company was about, and he he could see our sales numbers because he was on the back end of the admin, and he was like, well, it's good that you know because we were trying to fix a ten ninety nine form or yeah. some ridiculous thing like that, and he was like, "Whoa, whoa like that's you? you sell to a town that has twenty thousand people, and you're doing this much revenue, and your target audience is only twenty thousand people." We're like, "Yeah." He goes, "That's amazing that you're able to have these revenue numbers, and yeah. your target's only twenty thousand people." Um, so, but we know we're. We're trying to serve. We know where the fish are at in the lake, mm-hmm. and we're trying to. We're not trying to fish the entire lake; just one small piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we tried to a- appeal to every small town, it it would come across as diluted, right? Because um, we'd rather sell a hundred shirts to somebody that really gets the design than try to sell. One shirt to one shirt people. to a hundred people that may or, you know has no or no emotional attachment to yeah. it. Um, so that's that's one example of, and we're and we are we're getting pulled in different ways because people want uh, they like our designs and they want to work with us and stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, some things may be more successful than not just because we understand who we're trying like who we're trying to serve. Right. And more importantly, we understand who we're not trying to serve and i think that is a hard thing to come by because especially like as a startup company you i don't want it to sound greedy but you want to be as successful as possible you know and it's like well we could reach out to kentucky and ashland and all these things and it's like let's just focus on the fish in this pond Mm -hmm. first and then maybe a year once we get our feet wet get down and move on to another town or whatever it might be mm-hmm. so that's a, that's a good example of of learning how to how to stay true to your brand um something we've done in the gym that we've essentially come full circle here recently is in the very early days of the gym at the old warehouse it was like we didn't care. We didn't care about marketing. We didn't care about business numbers. And I'm not saying that's a good idea, but we're the attitude was basically like, listen, we're going to offer the most difficult and challenging obstacles and workouts out there. We're not gonna, we're not gonna deny that. We're not going to try to sugarcoat that. Um, and if you don't want to come, don't come. 
we may not be for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it was almost like Fight Club. <laughs> like you had to know somebody to get in because you didn't market it. Because there was no like there was no marketing right or anything. Um, so you somebody had to be like, listen, dude, like you need to come try and check this out. Like it's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't pretty. Like the facility was. <laughs> facility was barely four walls and a roof pretty much like fight club yeah <coughs> have you seen fight club carly <laughs> oh oh ladies and gentlemen carly just got fired no fight club no godfather no silence of the lambs i don't know how we can culturally communicate <laughs> i don't even know just that. She's speechless. Continue. Sorry, Sorry guys. Anyways, um, for those of you who understand the Fight Fight Club reference, um, you had to know somebody to get in, and it was like we didn't hold any, pull any punches about it. So a few years go down, and now, now we get into a situation to where, like, the growth of the gym is directly tied to the ability to pay bills. Mm-hmm. Um, pay bills, pay salaries. So the more I started reading and researching within the CrossFit community, it was like, the, and this is true for us, but the two biggest, reason, two biggest reasons people don't come is one, intimidation, and two, the cost. Well, there's nothing we can do about the cost. The cost is, cost is what it is. got to keep the lights on. Right. Intimidation. So we tried to appear less intimidating um which was okay so we we basically by trying to be less intimidating and more welcoming we we're trying to cast a bigger net and get more and be able to serve more people which is not wrong no um but in the process of that like you can lose the feel of what it used to be because if everybody's allowed to come in and do it and not held to a specific standard, then you're going to lose the sense of community. Mm-hmm. If everybody can get in and everybody stays in, then what what's challenging about that? Yeah. Which is a very difficult what thing. What makes you want to, and more importantly, I think, like what makes you want to stay? Right. You know. Um, and it's difficult because... We want to be able to help as many people as possible. Yeah. So what's the balance? And then we want to be able to support as many livelihoods as possible. That's a hard Um, balance to find. So what is it? Do you sell out, for lack of a better term, and try to cast a bigger net and um, be everything to everyone? Yeah. Well, in the, the day, if you're if you're being true, and this is why you have to find out, and really, as an owner or as a as a team of people, what is your brand about? What is your two sentence answer to figuring out who you are as a company and what you're trying to do? And if you try to do more than that, that's where you can get yourself into trouble. Um, so for several years, I don't say several years, maybe two years, we really tried to push this. Um, it was it was a more kinder, gentler, friendlier place. Well, 
didn't work. Right. It worked. It, it worked I, I in the fact. Say. It worked in the fact that we were able to get awesome. people through the door. Yeah, awesome people. Yeah. Um, we were able to get people through the door, but at the same time, we were able to push a lot of new people in, but not a lot of people were staying. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the reason is, we tried to grow too much. We tried to be everything for everyone. Mm-hmm. And if we were concerned about the new the amount of new members coming in a month, we weren't concerned with we didn't find a good way to service all of those new members for retention. Mm-hmm. So basically, it was just becoming a revolving door around. Right, and I and I think another part, and maybe I might be off balance or out of step when I say this, is if you focus so much on being everything to the new people. The older people exactly. who remember that hard work and and things like that that are like, hey, I'm already here. You kind of, not you, but uh, everyone in right. general. They're like, dude, in the warehouse. Yeah, like, like do you do you not remember like that that shit wouldn't have been when the flaunt flew in in there. And I would never went to the old warehouse, but I would see that, hear that all the time right. in the warehouse days. That's the calmest. Yeah, that's the most common thing you hear around here in the warehouse days. So I think that that's hard because yeah, you want new faces, you want. That, but you don't want to lose that camaraderie and, and that old school way mm-hmm. that the people that have been dedicated felt. You know? Yeah, and so, and and this is just an, uh, not necessarily about staying true to your brand, but this is a common problem within the micro gym community. Is like, how do you service new people, mm-hmm. and how do you keep old school members? happy and satisfied Mm -hmm. there's always a balancing act there yeah um but if you stay true to your brand and then hold everyone accountable to the same standard then you're able to treat everyone equally Mm -hmm. um and then everyone's got to earn their spot in the tribe right right so you know it goes back to like um the military example. Anyone can enlist in the army mm-hmm. as long as you meet basic yeah. requirements. Okay? But once you're in the army, there's only so many, there's only a select few who can be in a special operations unit. Mm-hmm. And if you spent 20 years in a special operations unit, your experience is going to be dramatically different than somebody who just spent 20 years in a quote-unquote regular army unit mm-hmm. okay so even though the common bond is the military everyone's experience is different based upon the path you chose to take right and here's the thing not everyone um the special forces community is not trying to get everybody yeah and then there's a selection that you don't go into special forces selection thinking oh let me try this let me see what this is about <laughs> yeah like if I don't like it, I'll quit. It only attracts yeah certain a types. certain type of people right who who want something more yeah who want a greater challenge who want because a greater challenge is going to provide greater change yeah um so what we've done here recently is you know just try to figure it out like we're not trying to get ten ten people in here a month mm-hmm. and we're not trying to broadcast a message that anyone what we do is for anyone 
but it's not for everyone. Yes, that's a good way to put it. If that makes any sense whatsoever. I like to think of it as the patch in Sons of Anarchy way. But that's just because I've been a son of anarchy as an old lady. <laughs> in the past. Because when you watch the show, yeah, you're all you're in. You're in. I'm all in. But I do think that that... I think of that because of your warehouse original jacket. Like, I'm jealous. Even if you came back out with that jacket, I couldn't get it. Because I wasn't a warehouse original. Right. Like, you had to be patched in. Sam Crow. Seriously. I mean... Redwood you original. You can laugh at me, but... No, I'm not. I, you want to be a warehouse original? You want to be a Redwood original? I... Hey, I understand what you're putting down. Um, anyway. Anyways, so... We're trying, and we're not, the message we're trying to push out now is that, like, listen, it's difficult, it's hard, and if you're ready for it, we're here. Yeah, because we're not changing the fact that it's going to be difficult and hard just because you don't want that. We're not trying to trick you into coming here thinking it's going to be easy. Anyone can do it. Right, that's not the point. Anyone could do if your mindset is ready, anyone can do it, but it's not for everyone. Right. Uh, and that's the biggest thing that myself internally has, has had to go back. We're getting, I was going to say, I mean, in 2018, we've, we had this conversation as a staff and that's what we all had to decide on. Is this what we want or do we want to go back to this? And we all agreed, let's go back. This is, this is way more fun. This is who we are and what we want to be. I mean, there's gyms everywhere that want to cater to everybody. We want to be what we were and what right. we always have been. We want we want to be known as offering the most difficult workouts and then providing the biggest change. Mm-hmm. So when people are ready for that change, they know where to go. And then everybody has a, a common sense of bonding and understanding because they're all going through that together regardless of you came seven years ago or seven days ago um everyone's being held to the to the appropriate standard kind of like on monday when we did the thousand wall balls and after that workout one of the worst i not one of the worst workouts i've ever done but definitely in 2018 and just like one of it's just mentally challenging and you right. don't think you're putting the tick marks down or moving your chip and it's like it's never going to end I'm yeah. going to die but afterwards we all high-fived and it, we it was it definitely together. some of it was it was a top moment here in the recent years that I can remember yeah. thousand wall balls team of three one person must be rowing a thousand meters at all time so you got two people hacking away at a thousand wall balls while one person's on the rower and then the most the biggest lesson from that is basically everybody that came through the door that day, regardless of what program they were in, all did it. So common suffering, common achievement, it creates a common bond. But just imagine if we had said a hundred wall balls or whatever. Like you have to, the reward has got to be equal to the task. Right. You can't just like pat people on the back like, for ah, tying their good, shoes correctly. Yeah, good job. That wasn't really that hard though. When you walk away, right? Like it's you, the 
Um, there's oh shit, I gotta remember this. The the movie. Um, Was it Whiplash? Yes. Oh my god! See if we can pull up YouTube. There's a there's a quote in the movie. I watched this movie like three times. Because you wanted to play drums, or because it's a because good movie? the because I the, I love how you're laughing and trying not to let it out. Because I just pictured. You. <laughs> Dad, don't touch my drums. <laughs> um, not quite my tempo. Where he says, where he says the two worst words. In the English language, are good job. Spotlight to shine on me. What I got, I didn't get for free. I broke my back and skinned my knee. 